0: Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the Players Experience Podcast. On today's episode, we are welcoming in NHL alumni, Tom Fergus, who's going to talk all about his career with the Leafs, the Bruins, and when he played with Switzerland. As well, Tom talked about what it was like retiring, heading off of the ice, and the transition that kids should really focus on when they're growing up in sport. Before we bring Tom onto the show, we of course want to give a shout out to our production team and our sponsors... For all of the amazing work that they do uh, for the show, make sure you hit those discounts and get yourself something nice using that Players Experience code. As well, guys, it's a new year. If you haven't done so already, hit that subscribe button, hit that bell, make sure you're following us so you can be up to date and be the first ones to know when a new episode drops uh, and be able to really tune in and give us a follow. Also, Leave a comment below and let us know what you think of the episode. We want to hear the feedback from you. Are you liking the stuff? Are you wanting someone new? Let us know what you think. Now, without further ado, let's bring Tommy into the show and talk about his career. Tom how's it going today man happy new year
1: Thank you very much happy new year it'll be when they open up uh they open up all the restaurants and everything
0: Yeah exactly uh it'll just be nice to kind of go back to a new normal you know
1: Yeah this this covid's getting long but we won't talk about who should get a shot or not that Bring up some nasty conversation.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're gonna keep it about you and about your career and uh, and how things uh, perspire, or transpired rather. Um, yeah, yeah. um. So I like to start off every segment I or like every show with a segment called Rapid Fire. So I'm gonna ask you four questions, and whatever the first thing that comes to the top of your mind is, that's uh, that's what the answer is. So, what's your favorite time of day? Noon. Noon? Okay. What's the strangest thing in your fridge right now? Ice. Ice? Okay.
1: (laughs) You gotta ask me about that after.
0: All right, yeah. Well, no, you know what? Let's ask about it right now. Why is ice the strangest thing in your fridge? Before I retired, I was in Switzerland, and I, I, I
1: got out of the... Well, we all say we left on our own accord, but when I was in Vancouver, I didn't try to pick up another team. I went overseas cause I had uh, groin surgery about eight years before that. So I had a bad groin all the time. So in Switzerland, the fridges were smaller. So all I had, we hardly had any meat in there. All I had was ice bags because every night I put on an ice bag. So when I retired, somebody goes, Oh, how come you don't try to play another year? I go, I'm so tired of icing my legs and my groin and everywhere that enough's enough. I got to get on with the next stage.
0: Oh man. Okay. So next time I run into you at an event where are like, like the one we ran into each other uh, just a few weeks ago or a month ago. Now I'll make yeah. sure to bring some ice bags for you. I'll get them prepped and ready to go.
1: Well, the good thing about the old timer games, I don't work hard enough to need ice, but they, the groin still gets sore.
0: Yeah, I bet. Jeez. Yeah. All right. Well, what's your TV show that you're currently watching? Yellowstone. Oh my God! Everyone's on Yellowstone. I have not watched it. I might have to get into it because I haven't yet. It's a great.
1: It's a great show, and you only have to watch one episode
0: to be right into it. Okay, that's good to know. Um, outside of hockey, what would be another sport that you would want to compete in? I'd love to do golf. Okay. Are you a big golf guy?
1: I wouldn't say I'm a big golf guy, but I play sixty, fifty, sixty
0: times a year. Okay. That's. Uh, I
1: thought that. I thought that. I thought that was big because I used to play about ten times a year. But you talk to avid golfers; they're 150 times a year.
0: Yeah, I I, I know a friend that he almost broke a hundred times last summer. I was like, that's insane.
1: Yeah, so 60s a lot, but, oh, there's guys who play on – they all play year-round. A lot of guys my age are all year-round. They go to Florida.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, where did the passion for hockey really start for you?
1: Hold on one sec, Tom. I think you're frozen.
0: So, Tom, where did the passion for hockey start for you? Well,
1: it started when I was about five or six. We moved,
0: my parents are
1: from Chicago. I'm actually an American. And we moved to Montreal when I was two months old. My dad never skated at all. But we moved into Montreal in 1962 when it used to be freezing all winter. And we had an ice rink across the street. So we skated every day, every day. We even knew the whistle when we had to come home for, uh, for dinner. So it was just sort of the way it was. All my, bro- my brother's 10 years older. One of my brothers, is the oldest one, is 10 years older. And he never, he's, so we moved when he was 10. And he didn't play as much hockey as the four of us, the, re- the other four. Where there's five of us. So I think the passion was that's what we did. That's what you did as a kid in Montreal is skate every day. And then I just – I mean, the thought of the NHL was never really part of your mind back then because my dad was more of a Chicago Bear fan.
0: Okay. So he, you guys were on the football train a little bit.
1: He was – he never missed the NFL games. And he loved the CFL. He got to love the CFL too, but he loved the NFL. So hockey – Back in the 60s in Chicago was not really in the 50s or probably 40s when he grew up. There wasn't, other than the Blackhawks, there really wasn't a lot of
0: hockey in Chicago. That's fair. Okay. Um, So taking that passion and yourself playing, you were selected 60th overall when you were drafted. And going into the league and being part of the draft class is one thing, and it's really exciting. But what goes through your mind as the numbers start circling through, you see guys getting drafted around you and getting called, and then you're sitting there and waiting. What was it like to finally get your name called and be selected to the NHL?
1: Well, again, I was sort of in a weird time there. I was the start of the underage draft. So in junior I came from junior D in St. George, Ontario, to the Peterborough Peets. Well, I only scored uh, eight goals in my first year in junior. So I had heard rumblings of being drafted, but I wasn't really sure or really concerned either way because I only had eight goals. So when I was drafted 60th, I was excited as if I was a first rounder. But I didn't. You know, it, it was sort of, I can't believe someone drafted me in the 60th pick when I only had eight goals. So I was I was excited for sure. I was more excited to go to camp the following year. I went without a contract. A lot of guys wouldn't go unless they got signed. But again, I only had eight goals, so I was just happy to go and try it out. But the funny thing is, I had an NHL contract before I scored 10 goals in junior.
0: That's wild. And hey, yeah. someone definitely saw your talent and your, your pride in, in hockey because you started your career with Boston and before heading to the Leafs. Now, what was it like to start off your career with Boston and then go to the Leafs knowing the rivalry between the two clubs uh, and being tr- going from one to the other?
1: See so you remember my rivalry was not with Toronto because I grew up in, so I, I moved to Toronto when I, I moved to St. George when I was uh, 14. So I knew of the Leafs, but my favorite guys were Bruins to begin with. But then Montreal was the team I watched all the time. So I didn't really have a rivalry. The funny thing about the, uh, the drafting was I never knew any of the guys in junior. I didn't know anybody in the junior leagues here because I grew up in Montreal.
0: Okay.
1: So I actually played junior hockey. I didn't know one guy on any other team. And I thought that, you know, being young, I thought that was the norm. I didn't realize most people knew a few guys on every team. I really only came to realize it when my son played for the Erie Otters and he was always talking to somebody and I go... You know, what the hell are you talking about to these guys? And he goes, Dad, I know them all. So sort of sometimes I wish I played my junior in Montreal. I would have known all the guys there.
0: Yeah, it's like sport. It's funny with sport because sport is such a small-knit community. So you're bound to know someone from a team or a different community or a scout maybe or some, some sort of relation. And it's just wild to see well, the funny thing about that is, in the drafting year, I was in St. George.
1: I don't know if you know anything about that, but the population was a 1,000 people. So nobody's ever made it out of St. George. So nobody, was in, nobody got drafted to junior that I would have known. I would have only known the guys from St. George. Yeah. So it was very uh, – it was nothing that I – I didn't realize it. Now, when you realize that, I go, I wish I'd played Montreal. I would have known all the guys or a lot of the guys on different teams. And, you know, but anyway, it is what it is.
0: Now, when you talk about like your um, transition from Boston to Toronto, watching Montreal, when you went to Toronto, you became the Leafs top center matching your 73-point season from earlier before that. What was it like to see a club put such confidence in your talents and give you that kind of opportunity going on the top line?
1: Well, the interesting part of the whole, uh, the reason why I got to Toronto is I played four years in Boston and I wanted a raise. So I actually asked to be traded, which not in the best way. So I was, It was disappointing to leave Boston because we had a great team. We had a great bunch of guys. I sort of went out on a limb to get moved because the average career was 4.2 years back then. So no raise in four years other than the general raise in a contract. That's why I wanted to move. So coming to Toronto was, at the beginning, was a culture shock because I went from top five to the last place. So it was a little, and I, and I got to know as I was here, we had really good players. We really had better players than our record showed. but We had terrible management in Harold. So no matter what was going well, he always seemed to trade the wrong guy or pick up the, you know, we just didn't have his system that they had in Boston. The one thing about Harry Sinden was he was cheap as they come. But he was good at picking up talent. So we always as you look back on their records from to this day, they always have a good team. So Boston has a different mentality that I think Toronto's starting to get now. And so the, the trade for me was uh, good and bad again, because I grew up in Montreal. So a lot of my friends were still in Montreal, right? So to play for, but to actually play for the Toronto Maple Leafs, it was a great privilege. And I I enjoyed it. I wish, you know, looking back that they did things a little differently. Because when I look back at the teams we had in the 80s, we had a lot of talent. They always seemed to move the wrong guy at the time. So it always kept us in the lower part of the NHL, which, It's too bad when you look back because you'd have liked to have won the cup one day.
0: For sure. And it's funny, just talking about Harry Sinden for a second, it's funny, that name rings a bell. And I was like, why does that name ring a bell? Being living in Whippy, I worked with the Whippy Dunlops uh, for the past few or number of years, and uh, he captained the uh, 57 uh, World Championship team. So again, that connection is small sport, it's real.
1: He did, but he was I, you know, I li- I always liked Harry. Harry treated me very well when I was there. He was always in your corner, but he was cheap 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 i mean if you look at the statistics he underpaid ray bork half his career i mean ray was whether you like him or not he was one two usually one two of the best defense in the league but he wasn't paid that way till the end Mm -hmm. you know he was he did everything he scored points he played on the penalty kill he did everything there but he wasn't paid like it until finally I think Ray settled in and wasn't going to play unless he got the money he deserved, which is good for him.
0: Yeah, definitely. Now, your career spans uh, 14 years. During all of those games that you've played, I, this might be the toughest question I ask you, is there one game that stands out among the rest as either your favorite or most challenging game?
1: You know, it's it's, it's hard to – pick one because we had some decent years in the playoffs and we lost to the Islanders in Boston when they win the cup. But I think I would have to say, I always say my favorite time was the beginning because I was playing with guys you wouldn't even know, but my first goalie was Roga Champ Okay. So I was 18. He was probably 38. So I always go back to my first game. I think I got an assist on the within twenty three seconds. So I always look at the first game because it was such a new experience. It was always something I wouldn't say I dreamed of because I didn't really think it was possible. But once I went to camp my first year, I knew I could make it. So to actually play in that first game was was really really wild actually you know when I look back and I remember dressing for it thinking shit I'm actually gonna play in the NHL so I, I would say right now it's the first game I didn't win a cup and I know there was some great playoff experiences and there was probably many that I'm getting too old to remember but I always remember the first game
0: no and, and that's great and the- and, like, the, I think a lot of people always remember their first game of sport, trying to shake off the nerves, trying to kind of yeah. be that, that like, hey, I can, I'm here for a reason player and, and things like that. Too. Yeah.
1: I don't – you know, when I look back, I, I don't know if I was nervous as much as I was excited. Because I remember – so if we go back a little earlier. So my first training camp when I was, I, I think, 17, because it was the start of the underage. I hadn't scored 10 goals in junior yet. I had eight goals. And after training camp, Harry came up to me and said, I'm going to play in an exhibition game. Well, I didn't even consider playing in an exhibition game. I was just there to see what it was like and maybe tell you that that would be the extent of my storytelling is one training camp. So I played in an exhibition game against the big bad Flyers. When I was 17, didn't have, I was like, but I remember that because we were very tough at that time too. We had Stan Jonathan, O'Reilly, Bobby Schmatz, some tough characters. And I know my parents were worried about it because I was 170 pounds. So, but I, I wasn't overly worried. I was more, the excitement was more than the worry. I was ready to play. I had trained for it. I mean, it's another game. But, again, that was exciting because I never expected to play against professionals. I, I expected to go to camp and go back to junior. And uh, so to play that game was exciting, too.
0: No, that's great. And you know what? It worked out because, again, Harrison did saw something in you that it's like, I want to play this kid. I know he has talent. And it paid off. Yeah. So. Yeah. It was, yeah. Um, now when you got near the end of your career everyone has a different story about how they go out some people get injuries some people walk away on their own um what was your story what was it like for you to retire um and then what was the transition like for you to from going off the ice or sorry on the ice to off the ice um and then doing what you do now with your uh, promotional and clothing company
1: well I- so all every summer we used to skate here in mississauga and we skated with minor league guys overseas really anyone who was making a living at hockey so we went so i had a friend sean simpson who was one of the top junior players that had played overseas and uh, every year i saw him i'd say hey i want to come over at the end of my career so when I got traded to Vancouver or picked up by Vancouver, I knew it was getting close to the end because my groins and and I had a bad back from taking faceoffs, And I knew I couldn't do 80 games. In my mind, I thought, it's going to be a struggle. So the minute our season ended in 90, I'm going to say 92, I could be off, the phone rang that morning. And it was Sean Simpson and the owner of a team in Switzerland. So right then and there, I said, I'm ready to go. I'll, I'll go. So they came to Toronto and we signed a deal. And they had only played 35 games a year. Okay. And it was twice a week, but like a religion. It wasn't, you know, a Tuesday. or It was always on the weekend. So I knew my body could handle that because I could have a little recoup time. So when I did that, my second year there, I hurt my back again. And you know in your own mind you want to play but you realize the time has come and i wanted to be able to pick up my kids and i was on the when i was in switzerland gosh it was uh did we get a little messed up there anyway when i was in switzerland my last year i was on the ground probably for three months So I knew it was time to retire. The only thing that was a bother is I didn't know what I wanted to do when I retired. So I looked around and I was quite confused. It's not a great time. I can tell you that. Especially when you have four little kids and you, we made decent money, but we didn't make enough to just call it a day and retire like they do today. So luckily enough, I came up with a, One thing ran into another, and I came up with the idea of starting this company, and I've run it for 25 years, Blue Leaf Limited, and it's it's been great. I live five minutes from here. I go home every day. I don't have to drive in Toronto, and I didn't really want to stay in hockey because I was done the traveling, and and the wives put up with a lot when you travel all the time, and they got to sort of man the fort, as they say, or woman the fort. And it gets long on them too. So that's sort of the, how it all happened.
0: I bet she probably, the wife probably popped you a bottle of wine when you told her, hey, honey, I'm out of hockey and I'm only working five minutes away now.
1: Yeah, well, it was, it took a lot of time to, for that to settle in because you go for, I think I was a good six months or eight months before I started this company. So, it's, 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 I'll tell you honestly, it's the worst times in hockey are when you come out of junior and you don't turn pro, so you have to go back to school. And the next one is, is when they get rid of you or you retire. Because you're still in your 30s, there is still life, so you want to do something, but you really don't have a lot of experience because you've worked at hockey your whole life. So those two times I got by fairly smoothly, which I'm happy for because a lot of guys don't. They struggle with trying to find a job. And, and remember, you're trying to find a job that you work a couple hours a day. They're not out there. So you have to retrain yourself to work like a normal human, which is eight to 10 hours a day. So that it's not a, I always tell people it's it's an, it's actually a horrible time because you don't have the experience. You're not going to make the money you once did. You know, there's so many things that go into it. And, and at 30, you really do have little kids. So it's, you know, I was lucky. I got lucky and I know I did. So I'm happy about
0: that. That's good. Now, during your career, a lot of people have uh, mentors in their life that help them uh, guide them in the right direction, uh, help support them, things like that. Was there someone for you that really helped your support and your growth in hockey throughout your career? Well, I, I think you always have to look at the parents. I, my, my parents were great. My dad was a
1: big, big man, about 6'6", six, six, 350. But, you know, after a good, bad, or indifferent, I think the most he said was good game." Or nothing at all. So he never directed me to do this or you got to do that. In fact, when I was trying to make Crow, he'd tell me to stop doing stuff because you'd run all day, work out at night. I was very into trying to make it once I got the notion I could. So I think I always look at the parents. I had good brothers. Some of them are a pain in the ass today, but I had good brothers that were always there to drive me and help me because I'm the youngest of five boys yeah and I have two sisters so they were always good to me I, I can't I'd always say it's family and then my wife after I got married was you know a strong they have to be a strong supporter because your life is hockey mm-hmm. it's always about hockey you know so I would say my parents were especially at a young age they enjoyed the games and really supported me a lot
0: that's great and yeah i can't speak to the sibling aspect of things but i've heard that any siblings are usually a pain in the ass one way or another at some point in your life
1: yeah well yeah but but the funny thing is when i left at an early age i didn't see all of them all the time so when i did see them we always had a lot of fun but yeah some of them grow old and grumpy we're trying to stay away from that mode
0: Yeah. Now, my last question for you, I like to end off every uh, show with a segment called Words of Wisdom. So what would your words of wisdom be to the next generation of hockey players or young athletes that want to make it in whatever respective sport that they're really trying, but uh, more so hockey? I I think if
1: if I was to say anything to a young kid, I don't think you can speak to the young kids as much as the parents. And I tried it, and it was very tough. These kids need to play other sports. You can still the numbers. And, and, and when you get older, you lose your math knowledge. That's what I'm thinking happens to hockey parents in Canada. Cause the average is still about less than 1% of kids make pro. So I don't know why they lose that in their mind, but they all think their kids are going to make a professional hockey player. I mean, I even got more than 1% in school. I should have stayed there. But a lot of these kids play year-round hockey. Why? Baseball is a great game. Football, I know parents are a little nervous of football, but it's a great game. Soccer's a great game. Hell, you can play tennis. And golf is a lifetime sport. So that, I, I think that is. And the other thing I'd say, have fun. There's so much pressure on kids in AAA to do this and do that. You know what I used to tell parents when I coached? The one thing I can promise you in all the interviews I've ever done, nobody has ever asked me how many goals I scored in peewee hockey. So it's great to see a kid score 100 goals. But it doesn't, in the big scheme of things, it's not going to carry them through life. It's just a great time in his life. So I'd like to see kids enjoy it more and not be skating 38 times a month. I mean, sometimes twice a day. It's crazy. Enjoy a little baseball in the summer. Enjoy the other sports, which we're not doing. So that's that's what I'd have to say.
0: Well, hey, those are some great words of wisdom, and hey, I'm with you. I'm a multi-sport athlete myself, being in Special Olympics. I play baseball, basketball uh, with them, and then I play uh, baseball in another league. I play ball hockey. I play golf regularly. So, yeah, you got to get out there and kind of get your uh, different uh, careers set up a little bit. I have some nephews that never played baseball.
1: That's wild. It's crazy, but I think there's more of them out there than you think. Because if you give a kid an option, he will say, no, I want to play hockey. But the unfortunate part is you're the parent. No, you're going to play baseball. I used to coach when I coached minor hockey. I'd tell the kids, your kid's already on the team. Finish football or baseball, and then you can come out. You know, but so I'd like to see that, but. I'm not sure we're going to see that in today's. Not with, the money, not with the way the money's gone in hockey. Everyone yeah. wants their kid to make it.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Well, hey, Tom, I appreciate you taking the time to be on the show. Thank you for talking about your experiences. And, uh, yeah, all the best to you. And I look forward to seeing you at a few more hockey events, uh, I'm sure, in the future.
1: No problem. Thanks for having me on. And uh, good luck in everything you do. Thanks, Ben.